Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Today's message, Leaving Egypt. I have a lot of reasons for writing and recording these podcasts. One is stuckness. I see so many people stuck in life, stuck in healing, stuck in misery, stuck in being a victim. I hate seeing a life go to waste. So if there's anything I can do to help people get unstuck, to get moving forward toward freedom, hope, and fulfillment, I want to do so. Today I want to talk about a specific place or moment in our healing, in our living life process. When we come to the gate that leads out of Egypt and into what I call letting go wilderness. A lot of people get stuck at this gate. Egypt is a metaphor for our life of bondage or captivity, our life of pain and darkness, our life without Christ, our life living in pride, giving God no honor. We all start there. Most never leave. How sad, because that is never the life God has planned for us. The metaphor for the life God wants for us is the promised land, the place where we live out of our authentic self. God created something good when he created us, but the world has marred that original design. God wants to redeem what has been damaged, and that brings us to our third metaphor, letting go wilderness. We can't get to the promised land part of our life without traveling through the wilderness or the desert, as it is also called. So why aren't people trampling down the gate to head into letting go wilderness? Why are they choosing to stay stuck? Don't they want to go to the promised land? Well, that's where we're going in today's podcast. There are common reasons people stay in Egypt and never leave. Even though Egypt is a dark place, a place where we are disappointed and discouraged, it's a place we know. It's kind of like staying in a dilapidated home that's dirty and full of rats, fleas, and garbage. We stay because it's our home. We think it's where we belong. It's familiar. We've accepted all the disappointments of Egypt, sort of. We still struggle and complain and get angry, but we don't move. We don't change. We stay stuck. As bad as it is, we're comfortable with it. Going to the promised land through the desert is not comfortable. We don't know what it's like or what will happen. We don't know how hard it will be. We don't know how much we will lose. Frankly, we're afraid. That's what it boils down to. We're afraid to go. The trip requires trust in God, so if that's on shaky ground, we'll avoid heading towards something better. Instead, we'll choose to stay in pain and darkness. To recap, we remain in Egypt because going through the gate into letting go wilderness is unfamiliar, uncomfortable, difficult, and scary. Bottom line, we don't trust God to take care of us while we travel to something better. So what are we going to do? Just camp out at the gate the rest of our life? Return to our dark place in Egypt? 
God has given us a passage in Isaiah that is full of encouragement and truth to help us walk through that gate and head toward a better life. I have a number of verses I want to read and share with you from Isaiah 43. Let's start with verses 1 and 2. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Hear how God feels about you. God is saying, you have nothing to fear because I highly value my relationship with you. How can I not care for you every step of the way? As I set my children free from Egypt where Pharaoh used them ruthlessly, so I've set you free from Satan's clutches by sending my own son, Jesus, to die for your sin. I made you with my very own hands. Never think you are lost in the sea of humanity. I know you. I know your name. You belong to me, and I take that seriously. God is not trying to deceive you. He's telling you there will be some challenging things you go through together. There will be times that feel like fires and floods. But he's saying we will go through them together. I will save you through this process. So why do you have nothing to fear? He's redeemed you. He knows your name. He's taking this trip with you. Let's keep going. Verses 3 and 4. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. God is reminding the Israelites how much he did for them in the past and even more importantly, why he did it. He said, since you were precious in my sight, I have loved you. Again, we are highly valued by God. That may be hard to believe because we know we have never lived a consistently holy life worthy of God's honor. Nevertheless, honoring us is what he chooses to do. So why don't we need to be afraid? Because he loves us. Let's keep going. Verses 5 to 7. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Here we go again. We are highly valued by God, no matter how far we have drifted into dark and painful places, no matter how far into Egypt we've gone, he will gather us back. He will bring us to a better place if we'll trust him and go with him. We are never alone. He says, fear not, I am with you. 
We don't need to be afraid because God will never leave us on this journey. Verse 10a says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. We're stuck because we're doing it our way, not God's way. We're stuck because we haven't gone through the gate. We're stuck because we've not chosen to trust him. And we don't trust him because we don't know him. We have to know the Lord in order to know his power and goodness, to know he loves us and will never leave us. And the way to know the Lord is to read his word and follow him, to go his direction. We have to know and believe. He's proven his love. No one can doubt his love. They know the truth. He's given his son in order that we can live. He's chosen us to be his children. He's given us life. Will we choose to believe him? If you're waiting for God to prove himself before you leave Egypt, you're going to be waiting a long time. He's already done all the proving he needs to do. God truly will reveal his power and love for you, but you've got to take a step of trust in his direction and prove you are willing to acknowledge him. It's in the process of trusting God that he reveals himself to you. If you stay stuck, if you sit back and do nothing, you will learn nothing. You will receive nothing. Nothing will happen. You got to get up and go. God will never make you do that. He might, however, increase the fire as a way of motivating you to let him get you out of Egypt. First we believe, then we will see, not the other way around. Verses 10b to 13 in the NIV says, Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, There is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. I, and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? God is saying He's the only God. You may try to put something else in his place, but it will never amount to something good, helpful, or powerful. And likely, it'll hurt you and bring more pain to your life. False idols tend to do that. Anything you trust to save you that is not God will not save you. No amount of money or beauty, no addictive substance, no other person, spouse, friend, family, no job or career, nothing And no one but God can get you out of Egypt through the gates to letting go wilderness and safely into the promised land. Give up your false gods. You're wasting your time at best. God alone can deliver you from Egypt. Now let's get to the good part. I love what God does for us. Let's finish our passage. Verses 16 to 21. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. 
they are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. God will make a way. I have seen this a thousand times in my own life in other people's lives, and in Scripture. We come up to a wall and God makes a door. We come up to a flood-stage river and God parts the waters. We come under attack. God takes up the fight. We come up to a cliff and God makes a bridge. We rarely see what He will do before He does it. It's a journey of faith. As I said, believing is seeing. We agree to trust him and go his way, and suddenly there's a way where there had previously been no way. God said to forget the former things. I've heard people many times misuse this to suggest people should just ignore their wounds. That's nonsense. Forget losing everything you owned in a flood or fire. Forget a spouse walking out for someone else. Forget a child dying. Forget being raped. God definitely wants us to get past our wounds, but he's clear in his word how he wants us to do this. Through exchanging our false beliefs for truth, believing our true identity in Christ, confessing our sins, forgiving our offenders, grieving our losses, and choosing to live the victorious life. Walk away from God's process, ignore his steps, and hope they go away on their own? That'll never happen. The Lord is saying, don't keep doing the same things you've always been doing. Don't go back to your old ways. Go a new way. Look at him. Follow him. He wants to take you to a new place, a place where he will provide for your true needs, a place where you will feel content and satisfied, where you will be happy, where you will thrive and live out of your true self, that magnificent person. God made you to be. Yes, the wilderness is a little unnerving. We've never been there before. But God promises to provide for you there. He's going to give you waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. You are his chosen child. He knows you by name. He loves you. He has everything figured out and all your needs planned for. But you've got to choose to take the trip with him. It's in the journey that you will be made new, not in the deliverance. It's not that everything changes after you get to the promised land. He starts the change process just as soon as you give him the green light to begin the trip. Before you go on to anything else in your day, why not tell God you are ready to leave Egypt, to go through the gate and travel with him to the promised land? There are many blessings along the way. I've never met anyone who regretted the trip, but many who regretted getting stuck at the gate.
All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today. Thank you.